Hi guys, welcome back to From the Corner, our awesome podcast we got going on here. Um, yesterday, big win for the Lady Bears. Biggest win, actually, over top 10 team ever in school history. So, uh, uh, over OU, team led by Courtney and Ashley Paris, uh, Coach Mulkey tr- decided to change things up, uh, insert Jessica Bradley into the starting lineup, take uh, Danielle Wilson on the bench. Bradley really impressed me. 10 points, 10 rebounds. And although the Paris twins combined for like 38 or 34 points, 29 rebounds, uh, I really, really liked what she did inside. I don't know if you two got a chance to watch the game, but uh, I, once again, Coach Mulkey looks like a genius. Yeah, I, I thought that this game is probably going to come down to the fundamentals for the Mulkey coach team, which is hustle plays uh, coming up big, and the the uh, maybe the stats that don't get mentioned as much. Um, big, big time defensive contributions, and that's exactly what they got. I was not thinking that they were going to win this game. I thought. The wheels were starting to come off a little bit. This team had started, you know, encountering some bumps in the road. weren't necessarily going to be over, be able to overcome the Jasmine player injury. And um, I mean, right from the get-go, Baylor just kind of jumped on Oklahoma. Didn't even give them a chance to cut, to come back in this game. And uh, what really impressed me was that I mean, you know that the, the Paris brothers are going to get their points. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that that I mean, Courtney's numbers obviously ridiculous. Uh, what? Only won 15 or 84th consecutive double double. Yeah, it's like, just insane. And you know her sister got comparable numbers, another double double for her as well. And I mean, you know that that's going to happen, which is why Jessica Bradley's is, you know position was so daunting. But she played within herself. She didn't do too much. She didn't try to overextend herself like we've seen um, the Lady Bears do at times this season. So it was nice to kind of see. Um, a, a controlled performance from a post player um, because I, I think, especially in the, the Texas loss earlier this year, I, I feel like the post players, you know, they kind of try to do too much, play with, you know, without themselves and, and kind of play beyond what their capabilities are. And I felt like in this game, they're kind of able to control it a little bit. And uh, and obviously, Tisdale hitting 5'11 and Jessica Morrow, who earned uh, Big 12 Player of the Week status, obviously uh, didn't hurt that cause. Too much either. And back to Bradley. Keep in mind, this is her third career start for the sophomore. Uh, so being thrown out into the fire, I know it's cliche against against the Paris Twins and actually succeeding is just something uncalled. I mean, or just something unheard of. My bad. And to to see what she did yesterday, the the presence that she brought was just really impressive uh, from my standpoint. And um, and, and multi coach teams. I mean. If they're not doing something well, they're going to shut it down and they're going to go somewhere else. I mean, you need only look at the three-point shooting for Baylor. I mean, they took seven three-point shots in the entire game, two in the second half. And, I mean, this is against um, a team, the Twin Towers down low. Mm-hmm. I mean, big, big presence. And the fact that they were able, only able, because I feel like if uh, if a, a team without a whole lot of post presence, a lesser coach probably would have leaned on you know outside jumpers a little bit too much found that, that task daunting, especially with the player starting her third game ever, mm-hmm. a sophomore kind of being pitted up against uh, uh, two huge, huge presences. Um, and yet she uh, she found cracks in, their, you know, in, in the defense, kind of was kind of probing a little bit, trying to find openings, and uh, she was able to do it. And I feel like uh, big nights from Rachel Allison and Jessica Mora, I mean. All around, it was just a great game for the Lady Bears. It always, it always goes back to the defense, though, with Kim Mulkey. 
the women's basketball team statistically has one statistically has one of the top defenses in the nation, and holding Oklahoma to its lowest scoring reduction of the season really says a lot about your team, especially when you only have a seven-player rotation like they did yesterday. And really, it, it was pretty much just the starters for the majority of the game. They, I mean, Mulkey didn't bring in a sub until 12 minutes into the game, and it just shows you have to give credit to the conditioning coach. Those girls were running, hustling, keeping up with the best of them. They don't look winded at all. I mean, you have the Paris twins. They they look like they just got ran over, but you still have Bradley attacking them. You still have Tisdale out there. You still got Rachel out, out there hustling and doing what Mulkey, Balt, or Mulkey does. Well, I think another thing that, uh, not to take anything away from what the laborers have done, but if you look at Oklahoma and two two things stand out. Number one is their three, the three-point shooting, one for 15. If they're not hitting anything from outside, then that, that obviously they have to go down low so they can't open up. So the Paris Twins won't be able to get nearly as many um, openings and being able to shoot. So I think that was that was huge, just the fact that Plumlee was having a complete, she couldn't hit anything. Well, well the thing with that is, I mean, as the beautiful Sherry Cole, uh, coach of the Sooners, said yesterday, a lot of those shots are contested. Even when you're an amazing three-point shooter, you can't make a shot when you have somebody right there in your face. And that's what the Lady Bears were able to do yesterday, and that's why they came out with such a big victory. Their defense was just... Uh, amazing. Great. And uh, I, I think now what you have to look at is um, probably before this game we were looking at um, you know maybe Baylor taking a backseat to Kansas State um, in, in the standings, a game behind, maybe ending up at two games behind uh, going into uh, this weekend, this week off. But I mean now I mean you have to look at Baylor as a viable candidate to uh, take the reg- regular season title. I mean where where do y'all think that this puts Baylor in terms? Because I mean, we're we're entering the final push here. And if y'all remember last year, they were in the same kind of position, but they had two teams. They had A and M and Oklahoma over them, and they were kind of looking to leapfrog. And they, they were kind of doing a stance late in the season. And now, I mean, Baylor's only got one team left um, in front, and it's inexperienced Kansas State, not been in this position before. And Baylor's suddenly the wily veterans who are looking to uh, to capitalize. Well, I'll be able to give you a lot more clear answer after the Wednesday's game. Kansas State goes down to Norman to play Oklahoma. That should determine a lot. After that, Kansas State has a pretty easy road from here on out. I mean, they play Nebraska, who could upset them eventually. You know? But obviously, Kansas State has the easiest schedule from here on out. Uh, Baylor going up to Iowa this weekend, who just beat Oklahoma State. Um, so we know Iowa State's a tough place to play. Um, I guess they got nothing else to do in Iowa, so we might as well head out to the women's basketball game. Then, of course, we still have a game down in College Station. We know A&M can do great things. They're picked uh, second or, uh, by the coaches preseason uh, to finish the Big 12. So, uh, I, I obviously, it's still possible for us to win the Big 12 championship, but I, I still see us finish around second or third. Yeah, I think that they got, uh, you know, they got. That you're saying the A&M game, that's going to be the big, big thing for the Lady Bears. Uh, that they've got, I think they've got, a, they got a good shot. If OU looks to me, uh, you know, much better than Kansas State. I mean, Kansas State just, they're they're a great team, but we saw Baylor went in there and pretty much dominated that whole game, and then they dominated OU. So if you just even look at that, it should be a, uh, you know, a close fought game. But that A&M game once again, three point. Victory here in Waco. What does that mean when they get a hold of the crowd? I think that's going to be 
biggest game. That, that, I believe that's the last one of the, of the year. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe uh, last we also still have Oklahoma State on the schedule. And granted, Oklahoma State gave us our first conference loss a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is a different team now. Obviously, we've had time to adjust with the loss of Jasmine Player. So uh, I, I don't know what the circumstances will be like when that game comes around, but that also should be a difficult game for the Lady Bears. Yeah, I mean, there's no question they're in a better position than we probably thought they were a week ago, which is uh, probably good news for them, but again, still a lot of season left to go. And uh, for now, let's move off to our uh, Pied de Resistance, the last part of our uh, of our show today. We're talking about softball, opening the season over the weekend against or uh, should I say, in the Getterman Classic against three teams. Um, They played Syracuse, Centenary College, and Purdue. Um, And guys, that first day, the second day obviously canceled because of uh, the inclement weather in the Waco area. But uh, that first day was uh, kind of a tough one. Bears were not expected to drop a game in this this, uh, tournament, end up leaving 3-1, dropped the first, or the uh, game against Purdue, uh, during the, the the second game of the uh, the doubleheader, and mm-hmm. I mean, this team, you probably can't say that they're going to win 50, 56 games again like mm-hmm. they did last year. Judging on um, just the loss of players from last year's team, right? I mean, you, you you look at the kind of the power that the team left, and it it showed. I mean, obviously Jordan Daniels hit uh, I think four home runs, three home runs over the weekend. Um, hit had two home runs. On uh, on Sunday, on Sunday um, five for seven performance in, in the in the two games. So I mean, they're they're filling gaps. I mean, this is not a team that doesn't have talent. I mean, they still they still have a, ton, a, a bunch of holdovers from the other from last year, um, but they are missing the heart of that lineup with Ashley Monso, um, and it, it kind of showed. I mean, they they didn't look at times like. They were they were real sure of themselves. I mean, of course, the first the first game was a run rule, but I mean, guys, what do you think it's going to take? I mean, they're going to Palm Springs this weekend. I mean, you've got Arizona, yeah, I mean, Oregon. You, I think three top ten programs in that in that uh, in that tournament. So, I mean, what guys, what, what do you think they're going to need to do to uh, to kind of uh, make sure that that performance uh, gets them a win? Well, I think it all boils down to pitching. Obviously, Kristen Shortridge did not have the type of performance that she wanted to this weekend, um, so she's obviously got to pick up her game. Uh, Lady Bears saw good things out of uh, Jenny Isom, um, so that was impressive. Uh, the junior transfer for MCC really uh, impressed Glenn Moore this weekend. Also, uh, give a lot of credit to Jordan Daniel- Daniels. Though. She kind of took the Matt Flynn approach from Baylor. She uh, sat around on the bench. Um, until her senior senior season now, and she's really uh, making she made great strides this year. I mean, obviously, uh, when you hit three home runs in the tournament against not great teams, but some quality teams like Purdue and Syracuse, you're uh, doing some great things. Yeah, I mean, the senior before this year, she was kind of relied upon as a uh, kind of a role player. She kind of filled in, in the outfield. I mean, she did play a lot, but she's you know she's kind of generally perceived as like one of the the faster people on the team. Mm-hmm. So um, she pinch hit a lot. So I think, um, in general, now to see her kind of step up with her bat is uh, is pretty encouraging. But I, th- I think, I mean, you know, Brett Reagan kind of had a bad weekend. I mean, kind of the middle of the lineup was a little soft over the weekend. So, I mean, in general, you know that you're going to get good production out of those guys. But I think what Baylor's going to need this year is um, good production out of the young guys. Um, 
uh, KJ Freeland, um, Jordan Venata. I mean, Taylor Markham also. Yeah, man. big bat of you know expected great things. And then first year um, Oberg, I think Courtney Oberg is is, is a, uh, another first year player that they're looking to get a lot out of. She's actually she's sophomore, but uh, yeah, last year she behind the plate she did some great things. Obviously now this year she can play catcher or first, uh, making room for uh, Venata behind the plate. Um, so it is still a young team for the Lady Bears. Uh, obviously, like we said last week, they're making a transition more to speed. So it was nice to see Jordan Daniels with some power, but um, like I've said time and time again, softball at the collegiate level, it's all about who has the most dominant pitcher. I mean, last year you saw Tennessee uh, with that. Tabit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Christian Abbey or whatever it was. And then Arizona, once again, they had dominant pitching. Uh, A&M this year has great pitching, so it's all about who can step up in the mound for, or in the circle for the Lady Bears. And they do have good prospects in that regard, but um, I think you're going to see, like you said, you're going to see a lot more speed, a lot more bunting to get guys around. Um, the Wesley Twins are, are super quick in the left and center field. Um, and, and Coach Moore is going to do a lot of shuffling this year. He's going to be changing, uh, changing rosters around. He's not going to be sticking with one uh, lineup for all the time, and, and I think you're going to see that um, pay its dividends later in the season uh, when these teams uh, start wearing down a little bit. We might not have a set line for uh, a month or so, and that's one more set. So obviously it's just a lot about seeing who can play best where. And uh, they continue their schedule uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, and uh, the game is at 4 o'clock. It's a doubleheader against Prairie View. So uh, if you're looking to see some Lady Bears softball action, be sure to head out to Getterman Stadium then. We appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen to our uh, From the Corner podcast. You've been listening to Justin, Brian, and Will. And have a great day. Please hang up and try again.